Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Studies show that marital satisfaction plummets after a couple brings home a baby. Sleepless nights and fights over whose turn it is to change diapers can leach the fun out of a relationship. The absence of downtime and inability to remember niceties causes unforeseen stress and negative feelings. Today, we're discussing the secrets to successfully navigating these stormy waters. This is Parent Savers. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Did you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome to Parent Savers. Parent Savers is your online, on-the-go support group for parents with toddlers. I'm your host, Alicia Gonzalez. Thanks so much to our loyal listeners who join us every time a new episode is released, and for those of you who continue these conversations with us on Facebook and Twitter. Make sure to check out our Parent Savers app so you can listen to all of the episodes wherever you go. Here's Sunny with details on how you can get involved with Parent Savers. All right. Hi, everybody. So real quickly, I wanted to plug the fact that we are now, as part of our show, we have a segment that we do that is all about listener feedback, and we're starting to incorporate iTunes reviews into this segment. So iTunes reviews are really, really important for us. It's how other people find out about our shows. A huge portion of the amount of people that listen to Parent Savers initially find out about us through iTunes. So if you're one of those people and you happen to be in iTunes or perhaps you're using the podcast app, through iTunes. It just takes a couple quick clicks and you can actually go to the ratings and review section. So first you would find the Parent Savers podcast, right? If you're not on our own native app and you would go to the ratings and review section and you could rate us out of five stars. And then if you leave a comment, we'll take that comment and we'll talk about it in a future episode and and you'll become internet famous, right? Because that's what happens when we (laughs) talk about people on the show. Anyways, we just want to give props to the people um, that are out there that listen to the show that really do benefit from it. And again, it's just a great way for other parents to find out about Parent Savers. So please leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to the show in. Thanks, Sunny. Yep. Let's meet everyone in on our conversation today. We'll tell a little bit about ourselves, family, and experience with today's topic. I'll start. <laughs> I'm Alicia. I've hosted a couple of episodes so far. As you know, I have four children, two girls, 10 and eight, two boys, six and four. I definitely have experience with children having an impact on my marriage. <laughs> so, wanna, I'm excited about the conversation today and looking forward to learning too. With us, of course, is Sunny. Yes. Hi. So I'm Sunny and I'm producing today's show. And I have four kids. I have my oldest is five. He'll be six next month. And then I have that's a boy. And then I have another boy who is four. And then I have twin girls who are two and a half. So yeah, no, this, you know, having lots of kids, boom, 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 is perfect for a marriage. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it it's totally like solidifies the, it. Yeah, it totally just like, I mean, it's just like renewing those vows. Um, <laughs> so no, I have a lot of experience with this and excited about the conversation as well. Thank you. And also with us today is Quentin Hafner. Quentin? 
Hi, I'm Quentin, and I'm 39 years old, and I'm married to an awesome wife named Hillary, and we have a three-year-old son named Levi, and a soon-to-be baby boy that is expected in about two weeks from now. And um, yeah, this topic is super relevant to me because this is kind of what I work with every day in my practice as a therapist, and also personally too, because having our son totally unraveled our marriage. <laughs> we're still trying to get our feedback on the ground. Right. By trying this whole thing again, right? Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if at first you don't succeed. Try again. <laughs> Maybe there's something we could do different. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so before we dive into our conversation today, we have a segment that we call What Up With Dat? And it's where we talk about the funny things that our toddlers do that make zero sense on planet Earth, but on planet toddler, I'm sure it makes tons and tons of sense. So we just like to share these experiences, just be like, I feel you, I get you, I do not know why these toddlers do these things. So here's one, and I kind of understand this one, I have to admit, more than others. Okay, but this comes from Tracy, and Tracy says, I would have to say that his penchant for setting up elaborate car scenes with a multitude of Hot Wheels cars is both incredibly creative and mildly disturbing. (laughs) No car is ever seriously hurt and no vehicle is left behind, though. So I take that as a good sign that he has a good sense of empathy. And I know we all have boys here. I know, Quentin, your kids are a little bit younger, although your three-year-old may be playing, you know, with Hot Wheels a little bit. Mm -hmm. I know this is a big deal in my house. My almost six-year-old loves cars and his brother does too and um, they love to like build these kind of elaborate things with these blocks and they like they think they're garages or something and they line up these cars and you know before I know it I hear this elaborate like crash scene in the other room and ah, I'm falling I'm dying and I'm like oh no that's like really gruesome and gross yes. but they Way still do real. it <laughs> yeah right I don't know if I should run out there and be like no 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 it's like bumper cars it's okay. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know what to do. But I'm sure I'm not the only person that has to deal with boys and cars, right? No, not at all. I'm mm-hmm. the same way. My boys love them, and they do the big crash scenes. But these, their cars seem to have personalities, like the movies. So, um, oh, they're, that's kind of cool. They're having these big, elaborate. I mean, and they they have hundreds of Hot Wheels, and they have these big, elaborate setups and scenes, and there's multiple yeah. things going on. And so, uh, we just recently moved, and the stairwell um, in off the living room. We gave, of course, with four kids, we give them the big, huge living room for their playroom and take the little teeny room for the <laughs> living room. But, oh, right. but under the stairwell is open. And so that's where I laid out their car mats so that they can yeah. set up these towns and we don't have to clean them up. They can just keep it going kind of 24 hours a day. But I do hear the same thing like, oh, no, he's in trouble. He's in timeout. And he's dead because he landed on him. <laughs> <laughs> right oh quentin any experience with this with your three-year-old yeah i was thinking like what comes to my mind right now is my son's at the age where he wants to play cars with me but 
every time you know I'm holding a car and he's holding a car, well, somehow his car always ends up smashing my car, yes. and my car <laughs> has to fall onto the ground. Yes, right. And so it's, it's like so that's the game. That's what we do. Just lots of his car <laughs> smashing mine, him winning, and then we just do that over and over and over again. So yeah. that's oh kind of where he's at. And I ask right. why, and there's no just because it's yours. Like there's no reason for it. I'm like, how come I don't get to play with any? I just get smashed because that's what you're here for. I'm like, oh. right, okay. right. Well, you got to let them win, right? I mean, got to boost their self-confidence, self-esteem, right? Well, what about yeah. all those articles that say don't always let them win? I know, right? <laughs> I did read something. What What was the magical age? I can't actually, maybe Quentin has a, an idea on this, but I did read when it comes to, remember that uh, episode we did, Alicia, about board games? Yes. Uh, okay, so it had to do with that, and it was like letting your kids win. And up mm. until I want to say it's like age five or six, mm-hmm. they say it's okay as long as they know that you're letting them win. And then at <laughs> like after that point, it's not okay. Like you're doing mm. them more harm than good. Quentin, have you heard mm. of anything like that? Yeah, I have, and I think the way I kind of understand that is it kind of depends on the children's like uh, competency level at the yeah. age that they're playing the game and what kind of game. So it's kind of like if they have the capacity to kind of like succeed a little bit on their own, then right. we want to let them feel the success mm. and then also feel the failure too. Interesting, right? But right. if it's kind of pre, if it's if they're not developmentally ready for that, then it's kind of like okay, you get to win. Yeah. Right, <laughs> you know? exactly. It's just easier, anyway. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I think three is is young enough age where you can just let them win, and it's okay. You know? Oh yeah. okay. agreed. My yeah. car dies all the time. That's uh-huh. okay. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, Tracy, thanks so much for sending this in. If you guys have a what up with that uh, story that you want to share with us, please let us know. You can send us an email through the website at newmommymedia.com. and you can also post it to our Facebook page send smoke signals whatever you know (laughs) just just let us know we're everywhere online right so give us a shout look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey (sighs) well that's why they're introducing an all-new bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier starting the chat better and dating safer They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Today we're talking about how young children impact marriage. Our expert today is Quentin Hafner. Quentin is a marriage and family therapist in Orange County and father of one and one on the way. (laughs) Welcome, Quentin. Thanks. Is that one and a half? Yeah. One and a half. I think it's actually like one and seven eighths by now. Oh, yeah, that's true because you have like two more weeks to yeah, go. Yeah, you pretty much have two weeks, yeah. Yeah, that baby's cooked. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Just waiting it out. Right. <laughs> okay, so let's jump right in. What would you say are the most common impacts that children have on marriage? Let's see. The most common impacts. Well, what kind of comes to my mind um, with that question is kind of like thinking about it in two parts. So impacts on marriage with young children, I think statistically, maybe I'll just share like a couple of statistics with you guys that I feel like are not very commonly known. Sure. Um, marital satisfaction is at an all-time low if you have a child under the age of five living in the home. Agreed. So kind of like across, the, <laughs> across the marriage kind of life cycle, that's kind of what could be expected. 92% of all couples report kind of fighting at their worst upon arrival of baby or oh, the, upon the introduction of a baby into their marriage. Hmm. 
infidelity increases dramatically with the introduction of a baby into the marriage. Really? Uh-huh. By whom? Does it break it down male yeah. versus female you know, or anything? Interestingly, it's almost 50-50. It's kind of for, it's like 40 it's like 55-45 heavier weighted for men, but it's close enough to be kind of even. Wow. wow. That's that surprises me. Yes. Surprising. Uh-huh. A lot of people don't think about I think like in our pop culture we kind of think of infidelity as kind of like a guy's thing, but it certainly isn't. Well, and plus yeah. with a young uh, child just having the energy. Mhm. Yeah. Um, another statistic is that 40% of all divorce will happen in the first 10 years of the marriage life cycle. So the average American family uh, has two children, you know, roughly ages like seven and five mm-hmm. by that time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the saddest statistic that really kind of jumps out to me is that 20% of all children will live in single parent homes by the time they can walk. So roughly the first 12 months of life. Wow. Oh, that is sad. So, you know, I think in our culture, it's kind of like, it's kind of one of these weird kind of like taboo topics where I think just generally speaking, we love our babies. Mm-hmm. We love the image of like the family experience. But the reality is, is that having a family and having young kids puts an enormous amount of stress, even on the best relationships. And a lot of couples are kind of left feeling really out of sorts. Yeah. So this is something that I feel really passionate about talking about and kind of like, you know, helping people feel more empowered with knowledge and just like a greater understanding and and even almost like normalizing a lot of their experience. Because I know like when my wife and I had our son, you know, we went through a hard time. And we were both kind of like, gosh, you know, like, is it supposed to be this way? Is this like us? Is there something wrong with us? I think that's a common sentiment that a lot of people feel Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like there must be something wrong with us. Mm -hmm. So I just think that like talking about this, kind of making it a more transparent topic is really just better for everybody because people can kind of like start coming out of the closet, if you will, Mm -hmm. and saying, you know, like, (laughs) hey, like, yeah, like I'm really experiencing this too. And I just think for for so many people, f- people feel a lot of shame about feeling like having a hard time, mm-hmm. particularly with this time of their life. I totally agree. I love the idea of bringing it out into the open. And you mentioned something when I first talked about the common impacts. The first thing that I thought of is the difference between the fantasy that you think it's going to be and reality mm-hmm. when it hits. And the fact that, you know, when we were growing up, there wasn't Facebook, but everyone still put on that in front of closed doors type thing. You're like, this is our perfect family. And you didn't know what went on behind mm-hmm. closed doors. But Facebook mm-hmm. has kind of exacerbated that by everything being so positive about the experience and everything. And when really every day you're wondering if you can just get through to the next evening <laughs> when you right. can, right. you know, work yeah. on sleep. So, yeah, it's so true. I think that, I think my experience of talking with couples in this life stage is like, is really that kind of like confusing feeling of like, wait a minute, you know, this is supposed to be like one of the happiest times of our lives because mm-hmm. we're a budding family and we are doing this really cool thing. But emotionally, it's feeling so taxing. Like, and th- those feel like such polarizing experiences. You know, the reality of the stress and the difficulty of having young kids, but this kind of like idealization of what it's supposed to be like or what we want it to be like. And then those two kind of like frames of mind are really just kind of like at odds with each other. Mm -hmm. And then people just end up kind of like shutting down and they don't really want to talk about what's real. Yes. And of course, lack of sleep is uh, critical, Mm -hmm. and which leads us to how would you say sleep deprivation plays into all of this? 
you know, I think about like sleep deprivation. I think you guys can really chime in on this too, just being moms. You know, I think that sleep deprivation, I kind of see it as more of like, it's kind of like a shorter term challenge for this like process. And of course, it's like, it certainly is a big deal. And I don't want to like minimize it at all. In fact, our son in particular, he did not sleep through the night until he was like two and a half years old. Yep. Oh, so, I have one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he still really struggles even at three. And like, we've done literally everything to try to get him to sleep. Wow. And so I think the sleep journey with him was particularly taxing for my wife and I, but I think there's even things like even bigger that happen for couples in this life stage that kind of really go beyond sleep deprivation. I think sleep deprivation is one of those things that we hear about a lot. We kind of like talk about a lot, but like, I'll just give you some ideas of things that I feel like are even bigger than that are like how people's identities change a lot when we become parents, especially first time parents. You know, there's this like idea that like before we have kids, we are just husband and wife. And then when we have kids, now we have to incorporate like this identity of being mom and dad and try to find balance with like the identity of being husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of like the pie is limited. It's, it's not infinite. And so if we have to add the dad and mom identity to the pie, well, something gets kind of forsaken and usually it's our spouse identity. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, how do we balance that? Is that because we're holding so tightly onto our self identity? Like, so that the that means the spouse identity is what gets impacted? I think it, you know, just using like very just stereotypical gender roles. And I know for a lot of people out there, this won't feel applicable, but just for the sake of like talking about it, I think what happens for many couples is that I'll give you kind of like the 30 second version of the relationship dynamic. So it's like, husband and wife, they're feeling really connected. And then along comes a baby, which is like a third. And then what happens is mom becomes super attached to baby because that makes sense. And that's developmentally necessary for baby's health. And then dad feels left out. He feels unimportant and unneeded. And so what does dad do? He goes to work. Mm-hmm. And he finds a lot of his value and a lot of his identity and competency and fulfillment in his career. And then over time, as he is in that place, mom starts to feel more disconnected, more alone. And if it's not going well, mom stays really engrossed with baby even longer than probably what's necessary. Mm. Because a lot of her fulfillment and a lot of her identity comes from being a mom. Yeah. And then so you have mom, and this is like a massive generalization, so... I know it's not like this for everybody, but the, so at the end of that kind of story, you have mom with so much of her value that is wrapped up in being a mom. And then you have dad who is, has so much of his value and identity wrapped up in his career. And that's the kind of like the bad story of the typical American family that doesn't make it. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's really interesting. So what advice do you have for parents that are at that space where they're trying to split up those roles and responsibilities? My story is a little bit different. It's, Similar issues, but a different setting, I guess, which I can get into. But starting with you, (laughs) what would you, what advice would you give to someone in that situation? Yeah, I think that, you know, the first thing I would say to like a couple that is in this stage of life that might be going through a hard time is just that like you're not alone. But if there's something that I want someone to take away, is that like 
everybody seems to be struggling with this and yet so few people really want to talk about it. Okay. So it's like, just know that you're not alone. You know, there's such great like help and resources out there Mm -hmm. to help people in this life stage. And, you know, there's no shame in asking for help. There's no shame in saying, hey, we need help kind of like navigating this. Mm -hmm. And one thing that happens so much for couples is that with that kind of scenario that I just described, you kind of become like ships in the night Mm -hmm. where you're, you know, emotionally really disconnected from each other. And yet you're you're just kind of like cooperating with these kind of roles that would leave any of us really having a lot of big feelings about that. So, you know, what I would encourage people to do is just really start talking about that. It's like we have to come back to the table and we have to start talking to each other and kind of making the implicit explicit, you know, really talking about what it is that we're needing, what it is that we're missing and finding that bond again. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't, that sharp downward slope on marital satisfaction for the first five years of baby's life, we have to like get that sharp downward slope kind of course corrected and kind of moving back up. Mm -hmm. And that just with time by itself usually doesn't heal that. We have to be a little bit more proactive than just kind of like buying time and waiting until our kids go to grade school. Yeah, I think that's a great point is the the time that it takes that effort. It's so hard to come up with that energy to make that effort, but it's so important. And I was lucky I had a hard time after my first because it was just so much more difficult with this baby. She was high need. She needed to be held all the time. And I just couldn't do it. I just don't have that in me. And I thought I had unlimited patience until I had this newborn who needed something every second. And so luckily, my husband took on more of the role of parenting at that time. So even when he went back to work after a few weeks, as soon as he'd walk in the door, the baby would be in his arms, and she'd be there for hours, because I just couldn't do it anymore. And no, I mean, just knowing how hard it was for me to do that all day for him to do that in the evening. I was so grateful for that. And so it turns out for us, we're a little bit different. We kind of uh, that bond was strengthened because where I couldn't jump in, he did, you know, where I couldn't just do anymore. He would. And I remember there was a couple of days where I called him at work, you know, a couple hours before he was supposed to be done. And I said, I can't do this anymore today. Like I need someone to come take over and he would leave work right then and come uh, take the baby. And so, yeah, that's, that's pretty major. But, um, so I was, I never lost sight of that, uh, the effort that he was making. And so that made me give the effort to communicating and keeping that honest and open communication going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my situation, I guess, is a, is a little different, but I struggle with, I, I feel like I, I can't like have these roles intersect. For me, it has to be like either I'm in mom mode or I'm in wife mode or I'm in sunny mode. You know, I can't, I, I have a really hard time blending them. And that's really unfortunate because I feel like 24 hours a day, I'm there for my kids. Yes. <laughs> so really, my wife role and my sunny role, just, you know, me being me, is kind of non-existent, you know, and I don't know why. I don't know if other people have an easier time blending these roles, but like, it's just really hard for me to be a wife and a mom at the same time. Like, I I have to, I don't know, compartmentalize a little bit more. Like, you know, it's hard for me to be really loving with my husband when I'm really loving with my kids. I don't know. It's it's very difficult for me to just kind of blend everything. Yeah, Sunny, I'm actually, I'm kind of like you in that sense, too, that, you know, in my mind, I'm compartmentalizer as well. And so like, I, I've learned that for me to really have like a meaningful connection with my wife, mm-hmm. it has to be kind of baby free. Yeah. And so that makes it 
you know, kind of uniquely challenging in its own way. And it's something I talk a lot about, like with the, the couples that I see, I kind of like talk about how like we have to be able to kind of like navigate these three big groups of time. And so the three big groups of time, and these are all critical, by the way, that I think like to have like a successful and healthy life, we can't give up any one of the three. And it's like our individual alone time. Mm -hmm. It's our family time. And it's our couple time. Yeah. And we have to make space, I think, and be intentional about finding room in our lives to have those three big moments of time. I know my husband's really good at blending everything. And so where I need that separation, <laughs> I have to come to terms with it's not going to happen because he can be a dad, a husband, a friend, everything all at once. And I don't, I don't have that ability. And I think part of the difficulty I had with, like I said, not having the patience that I thought I did was that I felt like I was failing and then, which meant I was failing as a mom and a wife and everything I had promised and all of that. So it's, it's a tough road to navigate. <laughs> so. For sure. You know, and something too is just so so different in our like modern times. And you guys know this too, because I'm sure you talk about it a lot. But if 200 years ago, all of us would have been living in agrarian rural society, or little villages, you know. <laughs> and you know, if if you were getting overwhelmed with baby, you just hand it off to your sister or yeah, nieces right, or cousins, yes. and right. and like. The whole idea that as individual families, we're trying to raise babies and do the family life. In essence, we're really trying to do it in isolation because very few of us live in those extended family supports like really deeply. You know, like for our family, like my mom uh, watches our son like one day a week. That's about as, you know, the best that we can yeah. get, you know, so... <laughs> So I think it's even more of a challenge today than it like ever has been before because people are really kind of like having to do it by themselves. Yes. And like, I think we, we need a lot of help. <laughs> Agreed. Definitely. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. When we come back, we'll talk about a new trend called pre-baby counseling. Welcome back. Today, we're talking about how young children impact marriage. So Quentin, a growing number of mental health professionals are starting to advise couples to undergo pre-baby counseling. What do you think of that? Oh, I think that's like such a great idea. I wish my wife and I were in therapy when we got pregnant. <laughs> truly, truly, you know, it's just like there's something about getting pregnant and adding a third person to the dynamic that just changes so much, yes. you know? Yeah. Um, so I just think it's an awesome idea. What do you guys think? Well, we did pre-marriage counseling. It's kind of the same thing, right? Before we got married, we're like, okay, wh what, what's this marriage thing going to be right. like? Did okay, you, did, so let's learn about that. And... Did you do pre-baby? That's interesting, though, that pre-marriage counseling is so much more common these days. And I have never heard of pre-baby counseling before we started looking into this topic. Yeah. So. No, I hadn't either. And so, I, had, I mean, how does that work, Quentin? What happens there? Well, I'll tell you guys kind of like this is like a funny kind of like thing. Okay, so... I used to give like a marital talk for all the expecting couples at Hogue Hospital. That's just a hospital here mm. in Newport. Okay. And so if you were delivering at the hospital, they have all these classes like in, as part, in part of the, like the OB department that you could go to. And so I used to give this marriage talk talking to expecting couples like, hey, this is how your relationship's going to change. And this is kind of like what I want you guys to think about. And this is like good stuff to talk about. La, da, 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 right? It was like crickets. Nobody cared <laughs> what I had to say. They were we all so, know what to expect, right? It's that fantasy right? because world. Because it was like, who is this guy reigning on our parade? 
you know, <laughs> exactly. like they were so excited to have a baby and they were so excited to like be in that process that they were not like really in a place where they wanted to hear about anything that might be challenging in the future. And like, I totally get that. You know what I mean? It's like, I, it's yeah. like, it makes so much sense because, and it kind of just goes back to what we were saying earlier about how, like, I think it's partly in maybe even in all of us that we kind of have like an idealistic view of the family experience and like, gosh, you know, I don't know if I really want to talk about like it being hard or things happening to my marriage. So it's almost like you're jinxing it. <laughs> totally, totally. Right. It's like, I, you know, and so I, I don't do that talk anymore. So I gave up doing that talk, you know, and then I just say, you know what, just have the baby. And in a, in a year from now, well, that, I mean, that kind of leads me to the, the next question I wanted to ask, which what would be the main piece of advice you want to give parents that are in the midst of feeling that impact of young children on their marriage? I would just say, you know, my, my strongest encouragement is just to get help. You know, that's what I think is like the big thing is, you know, if, if you're feeling the strain, if you're feeling the tension, you know, like I said earlier, you know, it's, it's like the big secret, mm-hmm. you know, so many people are feeling that and like, yet people don't want to admit that or talk about that. So just know that you're not alone in it and getting help could have marvelous transformative effects to the way you feel about yourself individually and about your relationship. Absolutely. So go for That's it. great advice. Okay. So for moms and dads that end up, you know, needing some counseling, you know, after their kids are born, would you say most of it is just a handful of sessions to kind of get back on track and then they can figure it out? Or is this something that you really recommend regular counseling for just to make sure you stay on track? Like what, what do you see happening here? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I think it it really kind of just depends on like the couple. I can tell you guys my personal philosophy is that I kind of see my therapist as somebody that my wife and I will probably see until he dies or we die. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. So that's just kind of like how I see his role in my life. I see his role in my life as being kind of like it's transitioned from therapist to kind of almost more of like a mentor. Mm-hmm. And, um, but some people don't really want that and they're not looking for that or they can't afford that. And I totally respect that. And so for some people it's more shorter term, it's really kind of like solution focused. So like a couple is trying to resolve like a particular issue and then they come to therapy and they find resolution with that particular issue and they kind of move on into the world and, and that's all fine. So it just kind of depends on what people are looking for, kind of like how they think about all this you know, yeah, just what people are kind of after. So it can vary from, from person to person or from couple to couple. Yeah, it seems like it's just a matter of finding what your best fit is for you and whatever's going to be successful, whether it's long term or short term, or maybe every time the, um, a new issue comes up, then you do another short term, whatever, you know, however your situation allows. Yeah, that's kind of like the way my wife and I do it, you know, like we kind of like hop in and out of therapy, you know, like six months in, six months off, something mm-hmm. like that. I don't really have great role models from like a parental figure of what it means to have a healthy marriage. Mm -hmm. So I just think that like I need someone to kind of like guide me and to kind of like show me how to Mm -hmm. do it. And, you know, and and thankfully my wife feels the same way about her parents too. So we both like approach it with like a total humbleness and like a a total sense of openness. So um, that's great for us. 
that's so funny you said that because my situation is exact, like the exact opposite. Like mm-hmm. I had such good role models for parents growing up that I feel like I should be able to handle this. Like mm. you couldn't have, I mean, my parents are just great and they have a fantastic relationship and there have been some bumps here and there, but they work it out and I've seen them work it out. And so when I get to that point where I'm just frustrated beyond belief, I just feel like, gosh, Sunny, why can't you figure this out? Like you had such good role models, like you should be able to handle this and not let it get out of control. So it's interesting that you came from it from the opposite perspective because I feel guilty when I can't handle it because I had good role models. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tough because it sounds like, you know, it's almost like you have like an expectation, like you kind of placed on yourself to know how to do it, like, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't know, I just feel like, you know, when I take a look at, you know, of course, I live in this stuff all day long because this is kind of like what I do for work. But, you know, just the statistics on marriage are just like not that good, mm-hmm. you know? And so, <laughs> I know. It's depressing. It, it, it is depressing. And I, I hate to be like the bearer of the gloomy news, but it's like 55% of mar- all marriages are going to end. But that's like the no-brainer, right? That one's right. not even that interesting to me. What's more interesting to me is what do the other 45% look like? Oh, mm-hmm. good point. And yeah. I can tell you statistically that – of that 45%, roughly 30% of those marriages, those are not happy marriages. Those are not marriages that either, any of us would want. Those are oh people that are just staying together because... For the kids or whatever, For the right? kids, for finances, for religious mm-hmm. reasons, or all sorts of things. But they're not the couples that we see from time to time and we go, wow, I want that marriage. Right. So right. it leaves us with like 20% of all marriages are kind of like doing okay or doing good, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, isn't that kind of crazy? Yes. Right? So because of that and because I have a really strong personal value that uh, marriage is really important to me and it's really important to me not to just do it, but I really want to do it well. Yeah. I approach it with like just a total sense of awe and curiosity and like, I just want to learn. So that's why I just, you know, and, and I think a lot of my clients are always surprised when I tell them I'm in therapy and they're like, Oh gosh, you know, like you're a therapist, you're, you're supposed to know how to do this. I'm like, well, you know, like, <laughs> I, I have to practice kind of what I preach, you know, yeah, like I want to do it even better. And so I want you guys to do it better too. So yeah. I don't think it's one of those things where we like finally get it. You know, right. I think when we think we finally got it, I think that's when we're going to, that's when we like, that's when we've kind of lost. You <laughs> then know, we go back to therapy. <laughs> yeah. Like, my wife is always changing on me, you know, she won't stay the same, you know. <laughs> so that's I saw, one. I saw this headline not too long ago. I don't know, within the last six months and I can't remember the exact uh, information it had in it, but it was something like parents. If you looked at all the parents, the parents that had three or more kids were more happy mm-hmm. than the parents that had only one or two. Lies. Have you heard of that? Oh, too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh, my. What is behind that? I don't understand. You would think the more kids, the more crazy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, unless the kids are so split up that the olders can help with the youngers, but that was not our case, Sunny, and I I disagree. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. The only advantage I see to this is out of four, someone's going to take care of me when I get older. (laughs) That's the only positive. You deserve that. For what you've gone through, you totally deserve that. (laughs) One of my kids is going to make enough money to buy me a big house when they're older. <laughs> right, right. You got a scholarship in there or something. Exactly. Some, someone's going to do something great. 
<laughs> we always think about that, like what what possessed us to to have all these children, especially in the midst of like chaos, like bedtime, where you just want to oh, just want to run away from the house and let them fend for themselves. <laughs> Do you dread? I dread that. I dread like the whole dinner bath bed. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness, is it already that time of day? I know, <laughs> oh, yeah. and it comes so quickly when I get home from work. All of a sudden, it's that time. So. Yeah. yeah. My wife and I, we, we do the old like Rochambeau for like who's putting him to bed, you know? <laughs> you, guys, you guys remember that like rock, paper, oh, yeah. scissors, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you get to have like three and four, you know, like oh, Alicia and I, you have to divide and conquer. No one gets out of duty. You, oh, got, no, no, no. <laughs> you, yeah. got, you take these two yes. and I'll take these two. I know. My husband's an angel. He's always been the bath giver. I can't, like I said, that patience thing, I can't do bath. Yeah. But then as soon as bath is done, I'm on it, yelling at bedtime. <laughs> Well, thanks so much, everyone, for the conversation and to everyone listening for joining us today. For more information or if you want to learn more about our expert, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. This conversation continues for members of our Parent Savers Club. For more information about the Parent Savers Club, visit the members portion of our website. All right. So before we wrap up our show today, we have another segment that you guys can participate in. It's called Parenting Oops. So it's where you guys share your funny parenting stories and things that went completely wrong. Um, and this is a funny one. And this comes from, let's see, Julie. Julie wrote, I always warn my kids to keep their hands to themselves in the store so they don't break something. One day we were in a cosmetic store where I was testing the sampler lipsticks. <laughs> As I began to twist one up, it broke broke off and fell between the shelves. <laughs> Not wanting to draw attention to myself, I quietly placed the lid back on and moved away. <laughs> I did purchase something else, though. When it was finally our turn to pay, my seven-year-old said, don't forget to pay for the lipstick <laughs> you broke, Mom. <laughs> Boy, was I embarrassed and busted. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so funny. Oh, those honest little buggers. Oh, man, my oldest is like the most honest child ever, even to this day. And there's so many times where something like that, especially in a store, something will happen and I'll say, okay, well, we're just, we're just going to ignore that. And we'll stand at the table. She's like, are you sure you want to ignore that, mommy? Are you sure you want to ignore that? And I'm looking at her like, I'm going to put duct tape over your mouth. If you stop. Like, Oh, and there's, I, she's gotten that look so many times and still does not, does not even budge. Are you going to tell them though? Are you going to tell them that you did that? It's like, you get outside. I'm like, why do you have to do that? Well, and you're trying to be a good role model, right? So you don't want to cross a line and like teach them something bad or whatever. But sometimes, you know, sometimes, I don't know. It's okay, right? Yes. Like not like yeah. say everything. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just what we tell ourselves as parents. Anyway, <laughs> Julie, thanks it. so much for sending this in. I know, right? Uh, if you guys have a funny parenting oops story, please let us know. Send us an email. Reach out to us through our website. We do have the voicemail option on our website. So all pages of newmommymedia.com. We have this gray banner on the side that says send voicemail. So if you click that, you can use the microphone right through your computer. And you can send it to us that way. You never even have to pick up a phone. Well, that wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Parent Savers. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, The Boob Group for Moms Who Breastfeed, Twin Talks for Parents of Multiples, and Newbies for those going through it for the first time. This is Parent Savers, empowering new parents. This has been a new mommy media production. 
The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.